Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day Fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer in Australia and welcome to another Motley Fool Stock of the Week where we pull back the curtain on one of our recommendations and provide it to you on both our YouTube channel and on the Motley Fool Money podcast feed. I'm sure you've already subscribed to both of those for me. I say it every week. Hopefully you are because, hey, they're free. We're giving you free stock tips plus a whole lot of other great stuff on both feeds. But thank you for tuning in for this one. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest analyst, I want to run through the usual preparations here. Firstly, remember, we are long-term investors. We are making recommendations that have years as their investment rollout thesis. So we're not expecting or even promising, predicting share price gains anytime soon. We hope they come. We'd love them to come. But we're taking a long-term perspective, so keep that in mind. Second thing, we are giving you a buy recommendation right now. Now, we're recording this in the, on the 22nd of March, give or take, uh, and so this is a buy recommendation right now. Things can, probably will change. If we change our mind, if the share price gets out of control, if the valuation changes, if the business quality suffers, we can and will change our recommendation. So just bear that in mind. It's a recommendation now. We don't intend or expect to change it soon, but if we do, then you've at least heard it here first. And lastly, of course, don't forget, we can't give you personal advice. We can say this is a company we think is a buy. We need to leave it to you as general advice providers. We need to leave it to you to basically decide whether that's right for you and your portfolio, circumstances, goals, and objectives. So that's out of the way. More importantly, let me introduce you to Motley Fool Analyst, Drew Flowers. G'day, mate, how are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, Scott. Just had some uh, te- technical difficulties, but I'm on track now. Glad to hear it. Mate, uh, thank you for, for rejoining us for another Motley Fool Stock of the Week. You're bringing a company that I've recommended in the past in a different guise. We've recommended again in a different service here at the Motley Fool. The company, of course, is TPG Telecom. It's one of those companies that kind of we don't know a heap about, but we know a lot about, if that makes sense. David Teo, the, the, the founder and uh, former CEO and chairman, had that one infamous photo in every single media appearance, like one photo of him, but yet the business itself is, is huge and really, really successful. So we kind of got this one of both. The other, the other uh, thing I like about T.O., you'll probably share this, I'm not sure, is that he was famed for apparently walking around the office at night and turning off all the computers that people had left them on. Uh, so that kind of founder-owner mentality comes through from TPG, at least in its old guys. Now, things have changed a bit. So let me ask you, mate, as we kick this off, what is the TPG of today and how did we get to this point? Yeah, yeah, great points. And uh, in the, when you put it on the share advisor scorecard back in the day, it was the perfect kind of motley fool company, you know, founder run, it had a unique kind of product offering, a low cost provider, it was gaining a lot of traction, really strong brand with consumers. Uh, and then since then in the industry, we've seen a lot of consolidation. People will say, you know, there's still 150 <laughs> internet providers today and, you know, an overwhelming choice, but uh, the big end of town, there are, it is actually quite consolidated. Mm. And so today what we're looking at with TPG is they have about 24% or say of the of the NBN market. They're a broadband provider. Mm. So this includes the TPG brand and what used to be IINet, if um, our subscribers sort of w- would remember that. It's also got a big corporate business, of course, um, you know, servicing businesses and the like. Mm. And now it's also merged with Vodafone. So it doesn't have the name in, in but it does have the CEO of, of, of the Vodafone business. 
And of course, Vodafone is Australia's third largest mobile provider, something around 17, 18% market share in, in mobile. Nice, mate. Now, you mentioned TPG and Vodafone there, but you mentioned that TPG now has Vodafone's CEO. Did Vodafone buy TPG or did TPG buy Vodafone? How did that kind of deal happen? And what are we looking at today with that merged entity? Yes, so it's a it's a merger, <laughs> it's a merger, so to speak. Um, and David Teo became the chairman, the you know, the TPG founder, and the CEO of Vodafone took over operationally. Right. And we've seen uh, what kind of um, highlighted me to this is we've seen a lot of these mergers, particularly in Europe. Mm-hmm. They call them fixed mobile convergence. And so what's happened is these fixed line businesses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fiber. Uh, coaxial cable, NBN, anything that delivers a line into your house to produce your internet signal, they've merged with these mobile businesses. Mm. And it's a similar kind of concept to how you get your electricity and your gas on the same bill. These providers are saying, well, we're providing you this, we're providing you that, but they're both telecommunication services. Wouldn't you want them on the same bill? Don't you want them from the same provider? And how can we compete with the likes of Telstra and Optus who are able to offer both of these services together? So it's about these smaller providers. I mean, TPG is a very big business, mm-hmm. um, but it's much smaller than sort of Telstra and Optus. And how can they compete? How can they deliver value for shareholders? Because you know, at 24% market share in the NBN, it does get more difficult to go from, you know, it's very easy to go from one to two. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about with uh, Aussie Broadband on one of the previous YouTube sessions that, you know, it, it only has about 5% market share and we we're saying, you know, maybe one day it can get to 10. You know, we saw um, TPG, uh, IINet, I believe, had 10% before TPG bought them. Um, 24 with the combined TPG IONET, it's going to get more difficult. So they're saying, where else can we get value? How about we merge, we, we get some cost savings and we bundle this offering and people who are more subscribed to two or more services, you know, home, phone, mobile, broadband, and possibly, uh, you know, Foxtel and streaming products as well, are more likely to stay with us. Just like when you bundle in your electricity and gas, you're less likely to switch providers. Fascinating, mate. And I've got to say, I'm looking forward to the investment case we're about to talk about now because, actually, we have talked about Aussie Broadband. Now, if you're listening to this on the Motley Fool Money feed, now just go to your podcast feed provider and type in ABB. That's the code for Aussie Broadband. That should find you, I hope, the episode. And, of course, if you're on YouTube, just go to the YouTube search box, type in Motley Fool ABB, and you will find the Aussie Broadband conversation that Drew and I had previously. Mate, as you say, though, these are, if not opposite ends of the spectrum, at very different ends or towards different ends of the spectrum. There are many smaller players uh, than Aussie Broadband. There are a couple of bigger players than TPG, maybe only one these days, but they are very, very different businesses. I'm curious as we as we had this conversation, don't answer it just yet, I'll let you get the uh, the investment case out of the way, but whether this is the same theme played at different ends or there's different parts of these businesses uh, that you like, they happen to be in the same sector. So don't answer that, I'll, I'll keep us in suspense. Uh, let's talk about uh, TPG specifically right now. You've talked about what's happened and happening in the mobile and fixed telephony space, internet space, shouldn't be called telephony these days, I suppose. Um, what's the investment case, mate, for, for an investment in TPG right now? Yeah, 
that's 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 the the money spot because there's a, a few bits and pieces, and that and that's a little bit more complicated. You know, with Aussie Bromance, really straightforward, strong brand taking market share. Here we've got quite a few things, but we can keep it pretty high level, and we can say the first thing is uh, TPG still has a really strong brand, and it's the low cost quality provider. You know, does it provide the the best customer service? No. Is the customer service good? It's good enough. But the price is significantly lower. If you're on the 50 megabytes plan with them, you know, you're paying, say, $70 a month, Telstra just raised their price to 95. Yeah, right. It's an undifferentiated product, more or less, in in my mind. That's a substantial gap. And Mm. so we think that uh, TPG can certainly maintain or potentially continue to slowly increase the share particularly away from the likes of Telstra by being the low-cost provider. The big thing that's going to come through as well, though, is fixed wireless. So this is quite difficult when you have really fast speeds and lots of data. If you're on a 100 megabytes a second plan and you're in a really dense urban area, there's lots of obstructions, there's lots of data, all this kind of stuff, it's difficult. But they have 700,000 customers, TPG, that are on 12 and 25 a second plans. Right. That's basically a 4G mobile service speed. Mm-hmm. If they can, for every 100,000 subs that they can switch over to fixed wireless, which just runs off the Vodafone network, they save 50 million bucks. <laughs> That's remarkable. $30 per subscriber per month. Mm. Mm. That they don't have to pay the NBN, that they just, and they so they're offering discounts to people and saying, you know, do you want to switch over? We'll save you five dollars a month, ten dollars a yeah, month, right. that kind of thing. And they still make an extra, th- on average, they still make an extra thirty per sub per month, which mm. is phenomenal. Mm. So that's the first thing, and so that's going really well. That's going really well. It only just started. It's going really right. well, but that's part of their big cost-saving plan. Which, and they've only said $150 million in cost savings over the next year or two. They've brought that forward a year already. But I kind of ignore that a little bit and just say a high level, I've looked at a bunch of these mergers, mostly in Europe, but there are a couple in the, in the US as well. On average, they've boosted margins 5%, which is pretty juicy given the margins. Mm. You know, the telco <laughs> margins are pretty good already. They're 30-something yeah. percent. Yeah. You add 5% on top, uh, and you know, we can go through the, the, the detail. I don't think this, the, the members would be that particularly interested in that. But there's the fixed wireless is a big component, shifting mm. these um, subscribers off the NBN onto the mobile service. Mm. And then there are other things about you know merging systems. You don't need yeah. two billing systems. You don't need two call centres kind of stuff. And then there are a few technical aspects in terms of um, what sort of capital that you need to spend on maintaining these two sets of businesses, there is actually a bit of overlap there as well. Makes so high, high level, a lot of cost savings, boost margins by 5%, which is a sort of 15, 16% uplift on the, on the standard mm. margins. That's one thing. We also think that they can, they can boost the, the amount of people who... Subscribe because, as we were saying before, right. the likes of Telstra and 
and Optus, they already have a lot of these customers that subscribe to even still home phone, but mostly mobile and internet together. The best in class around the world, 60% of their customers subscribe to both. Wow. Tele- that's Telefonica in, in, in Southern Europe, but mm. they, they think that Telstra is a similar number and I wouldn't be shocked. TPG has very little overlap, especially the TPG and the IONet subscribers typically don't take mobile from Vodafone. Okay. So they're, so they're starting to offer all these deals and saying, mm. you know, we've now got better coverage. Um, you know, we are the third best network in Australia, but actually our coverage is now pretty good because mm. we've also picked up extra coverage you know, without getting into the specifics through the TPG merger. They've got more, they've got greater coverage and they just signed recently a sharing arrangement with Telstra so that their regional and rural coverage will now be 98%, I believe. Wow. Okay. Um, so they're really, it, it's, it's, not, it's not Telstra, but it's basically yeah. a, a notch below. Mm. Um, and so they're going to really go hard and say, you know, all these TPG internet customers, pl- let's take um, Vodafone Mobile and we'll, mm. and we'll do you a really good deal. But interestingly, they'll be selling it under the TPG and IONet brands oh, because right. those those brands really do resonate with the consumer. Okay. So we've got <laughs> cost savings and yep. we've got upsell. Yeah, I like it. And we've got the corporate business. So the corporate business, they've come out and said they want to make they want that to do a billion dollars in revenue within the next couple mm-hmm. of years. And this is, you might have seen in the, in the press recently, they won a couple of big deals with Qantas and NAB. And that again is because they can offer them, they've always had great internet coverage with the fiber network that they have, but they were never able to sort of go to a company and say, we can also do all of your mobile phones as well. Ah, oh, right. So now they can go to these big corporates, you know, NAB, Qantas and say, yep, Every, you know, 100, 200 employees have got, you know, mobile phones. Mm. We can do that as well as your internet across all of your sites and your security and all this kind of stuff. So they're the three main drivers of the business. Margins, they're all pretty, okay. cross-sell, corporate. And they're all pretty compelling, mate. So we're seeing some broad, slow growth. That cross-sell opportunity, as you say, on top of that, cost savings in the background, the corporate business growing. Um, is is this a long-term compound or is this simply, you know, hidden value in plain sight? Um, once some of these things, I, cost savings, I assume, have some sort of sunset period, again, at some point you upsell a certain number of customers and say, okay, we're probably at some sort of terminal growth rate. Is, it, is this a, a one, two, three-year kind of rollout or is this one of those situations where it's cheap enough that they can get this done as the big one-off but still compound slowly thereafter? How are you thinking about the investment idea from a both a time but also an execution perspective from TPG's sake? Yeah, that, that good two-part question there. Uh, the timing is right. So you're going to see steady progress, I think, over the next sort of three to four years. The cost savings, mm-hmm. fortunately, you've seen them bring that forward. Their target, I think, was always modest and uh, basically set to be exceeded. 
So we've seen that there. Um, the fixed wireless has just got going. You know, they only launched that in August. So you'll see that progressively happen over the next sort of several years. Mm. Corporate business again, it was... So the way I look at it is it took possibly a year or so to get things under, you know, all yeah. ready to go to launch on the platform. And they had a lot of trouble as well. And, you know, they're trying to roll out 5G at the same time, which should be completed by sort of the end of this year mm. and really challenging time to get people out on site the last sort of 12 of months. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all doing it inside a inside a warehouse in <laughs> South Australia, yeah. setting everything up and then, then shipping out. And, of course, uh, they had the ban with Huawei, so they rolled out all this Huawei infrastructure and the government turned right. around and said, you can't do that. Yeah. So they had to pull all that down. Uh, extremely challenging. And then to merge two companies in terms of different cultures, you know, TPG, obviously very entrepreneurial culture. Mm-hmm. Vodafone a lot more corporate, so it, it it's been you know a long process and, and mergers can be difficult, but um, they're both. I think the the both corp, both organisations are adaptable sort of very professional people, and I think they want to get the right result, mm. um, and both been relatively successful in the past, so that's promising. And we've seen these mergers play out in sort of more staid organisations and still been a success. That's promising. Mm. Um, And a lot of it is easy pickings. So I do quite like that. The corporate business is kind of the one that we have the least transparency on because everybody kind of knows about retail MBN. We we can picture that. We can say, oh, yeah, I would get fixed wireless if it was cheaper or you know, if I had a low speed and this kind of thing. Um, but but I think the opportunities are really big. And I think, but as you say, once you once you do cross-sell a certain amount, although there's a long way to go, you know, the, I think yeah. they're in somewhere in the, the 20% overlap and between uh, mobile and broadband. If they could get to that to 40, mm. that might take five or six years. Um, the cost savings will be well and truly through by then. The fixed wireless migration will be through by then. The corporate business will have hit the targets. After that, does it grow at GDP or something like that? Probably. Um, but it also at that stage, you're going to have a highly cash generative business mm. with a really strong market position, paying a really healthy dividend. Um, and we've seen, you know, even with Telstra, very modest growth, sometimes even you know, sort of declining. Yeah. that these valuations can hold up simply by the cash generation and and the dividend it pays to shareholders. Beautiful, mate. Love it. So uh, some, some short-term or near-term maybe is a better way to put it, gains, but some long-term compounding opportunity. Uh, nice to have the best of both worlds there. I'm going to go to the risks in a second, Drew, but before we do that, I am going to remind our listeners and viewers of where they can get more from The Motley Fool. If you are watching this on YouTube, thank you very much for doing that. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button just under this video and also the little notification bell beside that. That'll make sure next time we're here, you get it to your device straight up and you can click straight on and watch our next Stock of the Week or Stocks in Focus, our media appearances, our favourite investing books, all of the usual suspects, all that great free content on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to make sure you get it. If you're on the podcast, thank you for doing that. Almost certainly you've subscribed to get it, so thank you for subscribing to that. We have another podcast while you're there. 
It's called The Good Oil with Scott Phillips, where I interview entrepreneurs, experts, and executives. Uh, you can get the best of what's going on across the business landscape from all those sort of people. Uh, really fascinating conversations. I'm having a ball doing them, uh, and our listeners, by all reports, are really enjoying listening. So please check that one out. And of course, if you're on YouTube, check out our podcast. If you're on podcast, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, all of the great content, as I said, all completely free, by the way, from The Motley Fool. We do have some paid services as well. Maybe you want to consider those. But in the meantime, at least, uh, check out what you can get for free and just get a sense of who we are, what we stand for, how we do our business. And Drew is doing a wonderful job examining that and displaying some of that with our TPG recommendation. Just quickly too, social media. If you're on the socials, so are we. We're not yet on TikTok. I'm resisting getting on TikTok personally. Uh, we're not there yet as a company either. But you can get us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia or I'm facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. If you are on Twitter or Instagram, it handles are the same there. Go to at The Motley Fool AU or at TMF, that's The Motley Fool, at TMF Scott P on Twitter and Insta and you get all that good stuff as well. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. All right, mate. It's really important when we talk about why we like businesses that we do also share the risks of an investment because we know we're going to be wrong sometimes. Either we get the investment case wrong or one of those risks that we foresee actually come to pass. We didn't think they would. That's why we made the recommendation, but we're aware of it. We're watching out for it. And that might well be a reason, as I said at the very top, to change our recommendation or simply just have another look, a close look at the company and make sure the thesis is still intact. So let's go to that for TPG. Let's look at the risks of an investment. What are some of the things you've considered before making the investment you're watching out for that either might get us to reassess or maybe even sell the shares? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first thing with mergers is that they are complicated. <laughs> and um, particularly when you have different organisations with different cultures and different businesses per se mm -hmm. that run in different ways and you know, you've got management teams shuffling around and this kind of stuff, you can have a lot of friction and there can be sort of negative impacts on the working environment that kind of uh, eventually has significant impacts on the operating results as well. Mm. That's certainly a concern. We uh, are also cognizant that there are technological changes in the telecommunications industry. You know, home phone is, is given way to mobile um, and also things like, you know, the NBN, how the NBN operates and the way that the government allows companies to operate with the NBN or separately in terms of fixed wireless, the pricing the uh, the profit margins that they make, there's always risks in those kind of things, and even you know on the mobile side as well. Sort of one of the uh, factors that got the merger across the line was that it wouldn't impact uh, pricing for consumers for mobile plans, wouldn't make it more expensive. So they can't be too aggressive in terms of price rises. Yeah. So regulation is is definitely a concern, and uh, technological changes you know, much publicised, things like uh, Starlink, Elon Musk Starlink, um, yeah. and also whether there's changes in terms of how, uh, you know, fibre operators can develop their networks and things like that. And also just competition, you know, we've talked about Aussie Broadband, you know, really like the business and that they're taking a lot of market share. That hasn't to date impacted TPG, whose market share has been more or less stable. Um, however... 
you know, it's always a risk that they take share or others are also successful. I would like to mention, though, just a couple of things that I missed when, when I was thinking about it before, a couple of other mm. near-term benefits that, that people could see as well is that they own a lot of their mobile towers and we've seen Telstra and others sell and, and lease those back. That's right, yeah. And they've been able to achieve very, very healthy prices for those, you know, about 30 times cash flow they've been able to sell those for. Um, so, you know, ballpark, if TBG were able to sell those, they might pick up something like a billion dollars. Right. So it would be quite attractive. And the other thing is that the business was particularly hit hard. I know, Scott, we've talked about this with NIB. Um, the pandemic had an unusual impact on two businesses that you wouldn't have thought might have been impacted by the pandemic. But similar to NIB, uh, Vodafone has really strong brand with arrivals, you know, short-term and longer-term oh, arrivals right. in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, particularly in Europe and India and places like that, the Vodafone brand is really strong. Mm. And so uh, they've actually lost a little bit of, market share in the mobile business over the past 12 to 18 months, that I think has been the biggest dampener on the share price. Um, and as they've recently turned back to growth, so they were, as they did lose subscribers over the past sort of 12, 18 months, they've just returned to growth. And I think potentially if borders do reopen and you do get students, migrants and you know, people who are just picking up prepaid mobile plans for, for travelling and that kind of thing, that would certainly benefit the business over over the coming years. Nice. There you go. Some risks. An extra couple of benefits go along with them, Drew. Thank you for doing that. Um, this is a really fascinating business, I have to say, and it's a very changed business from the one, as you mentioned, we originally recommended, but a really interesting set of investment uh, opportunities, I think, when you think about the way those things could compound to create really significant value at TPG. But I'm not going to summarise it. I'm going to ask you to summarise it, Drew, because we have our patented, not really, 30 to 60 second elevator pitch. Uh, let's lay it on the line, mate. Let's summarise everything we've just talked about. If you were going to say to somebody, hey, here in 30 to 60 seconds is the base case for buying shares in TPG, what would you throw at me? Yeah, so I, I just start with the brands are really strong. Uh, TPG in, mo in, in broadband, Vodafone in mobile, although it's not the one they think of. It's the third, so we've got basically the second largest broadband and the mm. third largest mobile player merging together. The opportunity to bundle customers is substantial. They don't have a lot of existing overlap, but we've seen that this is very successful in the telecommunications space and other products. Customers like one bill. And it, when you offer them one bill, you can give them a discount. And when you do yeah. that, it reduces churn. They stick with you longer and you make more money. Not only that, when you combine a mobile and a fixed business, you get a lot of cost savings. They've already brought forward the target. It still looks extremely conservative. We've seen it do 5% uh, on average to margins in Europe. They've only said about 2.5% here. So we think that's very conservative. Mm -hmm. The fixed wireless opportunity is significant because these Customers are on really low-speed plans and $30 per subscriber per month is just an enormous amount of money to make if you can convince them to come over. And if they can grow the corporate business on top, now that they can offer this high-speed broadband together with the mobile, that could be a really, really profitable business 
remembering that the corporate margins are about 50% compared to the retail margins at 30%. There's a lot of work to do. I've spoken with Inyaki. I think he's the man for the job. A lot of work to be done over a long period of time, but they've shown a lot of resilience with their difficulties with the 5G rollout and the pandemic. Um, and this is not a, an investment that's going to quadruple or quintuple or something like that, but I think it's a very favourable risk-reward. Beautiful, mate, and very nicely said. I should ask quickly, do you own shares in TPG? I do own a few, yes. They haven't, uh, haven't done me any favours so far, but... Uh, <laughs> No, so really we like to we like to disclose these things when we do these videos and podcasts. I thank you for doing that. I don't own shares in TPG. I don't think I own anything we've talked about so far today. I do own some Telstra shares. I didn't mention them personally, but Drew did uh, from NIB. a very NIB. long time I think ago. We both have as well. There you go. Yes, we do. That's right. Thank you. All right, that covers the disclosures. Drew, thank you for sharing your expertise, your time with us. I'm certainly going to have a look at TPG. It's been a little while between drinks, but well worth a look, and you lay out a very, very strong case. So thank you for doing that. To our listeners and viewers, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. I know you have been enriched, at least theoretically, and hopefully you might consider buying the shares and be enriched, hopefully, as I said, uh, financially, by the advice we've been handing out today. Drew, thank you for spending your time with us. Thank you, viewers and listeners, for doing the same. From Drew, myself, and the whole Motley Fool team. Until next time, Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691. Listener.